0: Part One, Chapter Six of *Bonaventure*, a prose pastoral of Acadian Louisiana. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. *Bonaventure*, a prose pastoral of Acadian Louisiana by George W. Cable. Part One, Chapter Six, missing. The war was in its last throes, even when Tanaz enlisted. Weeks and months passed. Then a soldier coming home to Carancro, homecomers were growing plentiful—brought the first news of him. An officer making up a force of picked men for an expedition to carry important dispatches eastward across the Mississippi and far away into Virginia had chosen Tenaz. The evening the speaker left for home on his leave of absence—Tenaz was still in camp—but was to start the next morning. It was just after Sunday morning mass that Sosten and Shawash, with their families and friends, crowded around this bearer of tidings. Had Tanaz been in any battles? Yes, two or three. And had not been wounded? No, although he was the bravest fellow in his company. Sosten and Shawash looked at each other triumphantly, smiled, and swore two simultaneous oaths of admiration. Josephine softly pinched her mother and whispered something. Madame Sostene addressed the homecomer aloud. "'Did Tannase send no other message except that mere how d'ye all do?' "'No.' Josephine leaned upon her mother's shoulder and softly breathed. "'He is lying.' The mother looked around upon her daughter in astonishment. The flash of scorn was just disappearing from the girl's eyes." she gave a little smile and chuckle and murmured with her glance upon the man he has no leave of absence he is a deserter then madame Sostenne saw two things at once that the guess was a good one and that Josephine had bidden childhood a final adieu the daughter felt bonaventure's eyes upon her he was standing only a step or two away she gave him a quick tender look that thrilled him from head to foot then lifted her brows and made a grimace of pretended weariness she was growing prettier almost from day to day and bonaventure he had no playmates no comrades no amusements this one thing which no one knew but the cure had taken possession of him the priest sometimes seemed to himself cruel so well did it please him to observe the magnitude bonaventure plainly attributed to the matter the boy seemed almost physically to bow under the burden of his sense of guilt it is quickening all his faculties said the cure to himself zosphine had hardly yet learned to read without stammering when bonaventure was already devouring the few french works of the cure's small bookshelf SILENT ON OTHER SUBJECTS, ON ONE HE WOULD TALK TILL A PINK SPOT GLOWED ON EITHER CHEEKBONE, AND HIS BLUE EYES shone LIKE A HOT NOON SKY. CASUISTRY. HE WOULD DEBATE THE RIGHT AND WRONG OF ANYTHING, EVERYTHING, AND THE RIGHTS AND WRONGS OF MEN IN EVERY RELATION OF LIFE. BLESSED WAS IT FOR HIM, THEN, THAT THE TACTFUL CURE WAS HIS FATHER AND MOTHER IN ONE, AND THE SURGEON AND PHYSICIAN OF HIS MIND thus the struggle brought him light to the boy's own eyes it seemed to be bringing him only darkness but the priest saw better that is but his shadow he is standing in it it is deepening that shows the light is increasing thus spake the cure to himself as he sat at solitaire under his orange tree one afternoon the boy passed out of sight and the cure's eyes returned to his game of solitaire but as he slowly laid one card upon another now here now there he still thought of bonaventure there will be no peace for him no sweetness of nature no green pastures and still waters within or without while he seeks life's adjustments through definitions of mere right and rights no boy you will ever be a restless captive pacing round and round those limits of your enclosure worse still if you seek those definitions only to justify your overriding another's happiness in pursuit of your own the boy was not in hearing this was apostrophe bonaventure he said as the lad came by again and bonaventure stopped the player pushed the cards from him pile by pile LEANED BACK, RAN HIS FINGERS SLOWLY THROUGH HIS THIN GRAY HAIR, AND SMILED. BONAVENTURE, I HAVE A RIDDLE FOR YOU. IT CAME TO ME AS I WAS PLAYING HERE JUST NOW. IF EVERYBODY COULD DO JUST AS HE PLEASED, IF HE HAD, AS THE GOVERNOR WOULD SAY, ALL HIS RIGHTS, LIFE, LIBERTY, PURSUIT OF HAPPINESS, IF EVERYBODY HAD THIS, I SAY, WHY SHOULD WE STILL BE UNHAPPY? THE BOY WAS SILENT. "'Well, I did not suppose you would know. Would you like me to tell you?' "'It is because happiness pursued is never overtaken. And can you guess why that is?' "'Well, never mind, my son. But would you like to do something for me?' Bonaventure nodded. The curé rose, taking from his bosom as he left his chair a red silk handkerchief and a pocket-worn notebook. He laid the notebook on the table and, drawing back with a smile, said, Here, sit down in my place and write what I tell you while I stretch my legs. So, never mind whether you understand or not. I am saying it for myself. It helps me to understand it better. Now, as I walk, you write. Happiness pursued is never overtaken because... Have you written that? Because, little as we are, God's image makes us so large that we cannot live within ourselves, nor even for ourselves, and be satisfied. Have you got that down? Very well. Yes, the spelling could be improved, but that is no matter. Now wait a moment. Let me walk some more. Now write. It is not good for man to be alone because— because—let me see. Where— ah yes because rightly self is the ah no no my boy not a capital s for self ah that's the very point small s because rightly self is the smallest part of us even god found it good not to be alone but to create got that to create objects for his love and benevolence yes and because in my poor small way i am made like him THE WHOLE WORLD BECOMES A PART OF ME. SMALL M. YES, THAT IS RIGHT. FROM BENDING A MOMENT OVER THE WRITER, THE PRIEST STRAIGHTENED UP AND TOOK A STEP BACKWARD. THE BOY LIFTED HIS GLANCE TO WHERE THE SUNLIGHT AND LEAF SHADOWS WERE PLAYING ON HIS GUARDIAN'S FACE. THE CURE ANSWERED WITH A WARM SMILE, SAYING, MY BOY, GOD IS A VERY PRACTICAL GOD. NO, YOU NEED NOT WRITE IT. JUST LISTEN A MOMENT. YES, YES. AND SO WHEN HE GAVE US NATURES LIKE HIS, HE GAVE MEN NOT WIVES ONLY, BUT BRETHREN AND SISTERS AND COMPANIONS AND STRANGERS, IN ORDER THAT BENEVOLENCE, YES, AND EVEN SELF-SACRIFICE, MISTAKENLY SO CALLED, MIGHT HAVE NO LACK OF DIRECTION AND OCCUPATION, AND THEN BOUND THE WHOLE HUMAN FAMILY TOGETHER BY PUTTING EVERYONE'S HAPPINESS INTO SOME OTHER ONE'S HANDS i see you do not understand never mind it will come to you little by little it was a long time coming to me let us go in to supper the good man had little hope of such words taking hold at school next day there was Josephine with her soft electric glances to make the boy forget all and at the saturday night balls there she was again bonaventure her manner plainly said "'Did you ever see anything else in this wide world "'so tiresome as these boys about here? "'Stay with me. It keeps them away.' "'She never put such thoughts into words. "'With an Acadian girl such a thing was impossible. "'But girls do not need words. "'She drew as potently and to all appearances as impassively "'as a lodestone. "'All others than Bonaventure she repelled.' if now and then she toyed with a heart it was but to see her image in it once or twice and toss it aside all got one treatment in the main any one of them might gallop by her father's veranda seven times a day but not once in all the seven would she be seen at the window glancing up at the weather or down at her flowers nor on the veranda hanging up fresh hanks of yarn nor at the well with the drinking-pail getting fresh water as she might so easily have been had she so chosen yonder was sosthenne hoeing leisurely in the little garden and possibly the sunbonnet of la half seen and half hidden among her lima beans but for the rest there was only the house silent at best or worse sending out through its half-open door the long, scornful "No of the maiden's unseen spinning-wheel, no matter the fame or grace of the rider, all in vain, my lad, pirouette as you will, sit your gallantest, let your hat blow off and turn back, and at full speed lean down from the saddle and snatch it airily from the ground, and turn again and gallop away. All is in vain. For by her estimate, either you are living in fear of the conscript officer, or, if you are in the service and here only transiently on leave of absence, your stay seems long, and it is rumoured your leave has expired. Or worse, you cannot read. Or worst, your age for all your manly airs, is so near Josephine's as to give your attention strong savour of presumption but let any fortune bring bonaventure in any guise sorriest horseman of all youngest slenderest and stranger to all the ways that youth loves and at once she is visible nay more accessible and he welcome so accessible she so welcome he that more than once she has to waft aside her mother's criticisms by pleading bonaventure's foster brotherhood and her one or two superior years poor Tenaz, said the youths and maidens and now the war came to an end bonaventure was glad Tenaz was expected home but let him come if the absent soldier knew what the young folks at the balls knew he would not make haste in his return and he did not as it seemed day after day in group after group without shouting and without banners with wounds and scars and tattered garments some on horses but many more on foot the loved ones the spared ones remnants of this command and that command and tenaz's command came home but day by day brought no Tanaz. Bonaventure began to wish for him anxiously. He wanted him back so that this load might be lifted. Thus the bitter would pass out of the sweet. The haunting fear of evil tidings from the absent rival would haunt no more. Life would be what it was to other lads, and Zosphine one day fall to his share by a better title than he could ever make with Tanaz in exile. Come, Tanaz, come, come. More weeks passed. The youth's returned comrades were all back at their ploughs again and among their herds. Tanaz would be along by and by, they said. He could not come with them, for he had not been paroled with them. He had been missing, taken prisoner, no doubt, in the very last fight but presently they who had been prisoners were home also, and still Tenaz had not come. And then, instead of Tanaz coming, Shawash died. A terror took up its home in the heart of Bonaventure. Everything he looked upon, every creature that looked upon him, seemed to offer an unuttered accusation. Least of all could he bear the glance of Zosphine. He did not have to bear it, she kept at home now closely. She had learned to read, and Sosten and his vie had pronounced her education completed. In one direction only could the eyes of Bonaventure go and meet nothing that accused him. That was into the face of the curé. And lest accusations should spring up there, he had omitted his confession for weeks, he was still child enough not to see that the priest was watching him narrowly and tenderly. One night, away in the small hours, the curé was aroused by the presence of someone in his room. "'Who is that?' he rose from his pillow. "'It is I, father,' said a low voice, and against the darkness of an inner door he saw dimly the small, long night-dress of the boy he loved.' "'What gets you up, Bonaventure? "'Come here. "'What troubles you?' "'I cannot sleep,' murmured the lad, noiselessly moving near. "'The priest stroked the lad's brow. "'Have you not been asleep at all?' "'Yes. "'But you have had bad dreams that woke you?' "'Only one.' "'And what was that?' "'There was a silence. "'Did you dream about... "'Tanaz, for example?' "'Yes.' "'The priest reached out and took the boy's small, slender hands in his. "'They were moist and cold. "'And did you dream?' "'I dreamed he was dead. "'I dream it every night.' "'But, my child, that does not make it so. "'Would you like to get into bed here with me? "'No? "'Or to go back now to your own bed? "'No? "'What then?' "'I do not want to go back to bed any more. "'I want to go and find Tanaz.' "'Why, my child, you are not thoroughly awake, are you?' "'Yes, I want to go and find Tanaz. "'I have been thinking to-night of all you have told me, "'of all you said that day in the garden, "'and I want to go and find Tanaz.' "'My boy,' said the priest, "'drawing the lad with gentle force to his bosom, "'my little old man,' "'Does this mean that you have come to the end of all self-service, "'that self is never going to be spelt with a capital S any more? "'Will it be that way if I let you go?' "'Yes.' "'Well then, my son, God only knows whether I am wise or foolish, but you may go.' The boy smiled for the first time in weeks, then climbed half upon the bed, buried his face in the priest's bosom, and sobbed as though his heart had broken. it has broken, said the cure to himself, as he clasped him tightly. It has broken, thank God. End of part One, Chapter Six.